people are looking so hard for what the key to happiness is. Why can they not be happy all the time or even 80% of the time? The answer is going to be a little on the, on the rough side. And sadly, yeah, the key to happiness might just need mean that you need to be a bit more miserable. We're going to be talking about that this week on episode number 113 of the relaxed mail. Welcome to Relaxed Mail, a podcast that helps men change their relationship with themselves. I am your host, Brian, and I am a men's life and mindset coach who is here to help you understand that you don't have to suffer at your own expense. You can live your dream, and I encourage you to set, then pursue your goals. So join me as I change the mindset and attitudes of men so that they can be the leaders of their families and their destinies. Hey, man. Hello, and welcome to Relaxed Mail. All right. So this week, we've got, a, I think, a powerful message to be able to share with you. And I'm going to hope that you agree. But I uh, first want to welcome the new folks who are coming on and uh, say thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to uh, see what this old gray beard, bearded dude has has got to say about about life. And this week, we're talking about that that elusive little bit of uh, of our life, happiness. So many people just are not content. They're not happy. They're not enjoying what they want and not getting what they want out of life. And they want to know why. And the answer is not going to be quite what you really think it's going to be. It's actually a little more nuanced than what you would actually actually think. Because the key to happiness is I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll I won't bury the lead. The key to happiness is you've got to get yourself out of out of uh, the comfort zone. You've got to step out of and be uncomfortable and do some hard stuff from time to time because if you don't you're not going to be you're not going to be happy. You've got to Seek the the valleys with the peaks. So that's what we're going to be talking about uh, this week. But before we do, I want to talk real briefly about an up up and uh, upcoming event. I'll get it out eventually. And that event is uh, Operation Tears of the Twenty Two. This is a nonprofit uh, organization that I am helping. I'm a part of. I do some, do some, uh, some coaching for them. And that, that organization has got a big fundraiser that's coming up February 22nd down in Chappie Crossing, uh, which is in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And what we're doing is a bunch of us veterans are getting together to wear 22 pounds and go walk around for 22 kilometers. Now I, uh, you're, Going well, we're mixing mixing standard uh, and and metric systems. I was like, well, yeah, yeah, we we're putting on the most weight and walking the shortest amount of distance that still has the numbers twenty two in them. So 
22 kilometers um because it, it winds up to be in like 13.6 miles i believe something close to that but anyhow we are essentially wanting to help bring awareness of the 22 veterans that kill themselves each week and it's or each day not even week that's every day we lose 22 of our vets and that's 22 too many and the uh, the guys over at operation tears of the 22 have a an amazing idea an amazing way of getting these guys at least to mentally reset and they incorporate the what's called the three-day effect and it is such a a an amazing group of guys matt and rich are the two that are really spearheading this movement spearheading this this organization to become well known through throughout the u.s and because of that they are um they're they're just just knocking it out of the park they have got they're getting people lined up who want to help they are their their passion for what this uh this organization is about is just it's infectious and they they're just passionate about helping these vets they want they know what the vets are going through they have experienced times of deep depression and and loss and aimlessness and all the stuff that really can pile onto a guy time and time and time and time again and because of that they are they're they're really struggling so if you are able to help uh Help them, uh, giving some money, you got $5, $10, 20, want to really throw some money at them. They would be, they would love that too. You can, uh, go over to, uh, tearsof22.com and there you can actually, uh, send some money over to, uh, their, their Venmo account and just let them know, Hey, this is a donation for, uh, to, for the, for the cause. And, they would be happy if you're going to be in the Fort Smith, Arkansas area, or you've got some free time around February 22nd of, uh, of 2022. We would love to have you there. We will slap a, we'll slap a rucksack on you and, uh, you can walk with us and in be with a group of veterans who are trying to raise the, uh, awareness of the 22 men and women who have been in the service to that, uh, that we lose every day. So if you can do that, if you want to join us, uh, over, over Chappie crossing, then please come along. Uh, there is a, going to be a link to the event, event bright page over on, uh, over on the show notes, or you can go to relaxmail.com forward slash one thirteen and, the show notes there, there'll be a link to that also. All right. So guys, with that, let's start talking about the key to happiness and being miserable. <laughs> so being miserable, what, why, why do you have to be miserable to, uh, to, to be able to be happy? Well, it's, it's a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a misnomer to, to say the least. The, we want to, we always call 
call it happiness. We want to be happy. And in all reality, it's not that we want to be happy. We want to have a sense of fulfillment. We want to have a sense of accomplishment. And when we don't challenge ourselves, when we don't push ourselves to get out of our comfort zone, we, we don't get the satisfaction that we actually truly want. Think about where you are in your life as of right now. You are probably, you probably have in your, you know, mid thirties, maybe even mid, mid or later forties, even further, you know, maybe you're further down the road than what I am, uh, on laps of the, uh, from the sun. And you may have sensed, may have sensed this several times where you're just not, you're sitting on the couch and yeah, you're watching the game and, and all that, but you're just kind of restless. You're, there's something going on. You're almost like you're missing something. You're there. You're not at the pinnacle or the peak of where you wanted to be and you're trying to figure out what in the heck, what in the heck happened. Maybe, uh, you've got that house. You've worked hard. You've got a house. You've got your kids. You maybe still be married and you're trying to figure out, well, what, uh, what happened? Why, why am I not happy? I should, I am living the quote unquote, uh, American dream. I've got the house and the ca- two cars and the, you know, the 3.5 kids or whatever it is, uh, these days that they're saying is the average size of the American nuclear family. But yet, you know, your life is just kind of meh. Really? It's just kind of, it's almost milk toast. There's nothing, no excitement in it. There's no, uh, excitement in the bedroom with, with the wife, you, you know, y'all at one time may have had, had, uh, had fun rolling around in the hay, you know, two, three, four times a week. And now it's maybe a, every month or you're really holding on trying to make at least stretch it out to once a week. And, you know, it's just, there's, there's a lack of connection there. You're, and you're, you're just don't know what in the, what in the heck happened. She used to, used to be such a, a, a tiger in the bed. Now, when you go in there, she's got two layers of, uh, of clothing on and not, you know, she's, she's not, you know, her wife is not the, the, not the goddess that you, that you remember when she was, when you married her. And maybe it's a kind of a struggle. Maybe you have to bargain and, 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 and banter a bit about, about getting sex and, it, your life just isn't where you imagined it to be at this time. And you're wondering, well, what, what exactly went wrong? Well, what went wrong? Where did you lose, lose that, that drive, that passion, that push that you used to have? Because we all did. We younger, we thought we were going to set the world on fire, man. You remember that. And now it's just kind of there is there's not much going on. You don't have that sense of satisfaction. You don't have that sense of, of accomplishment that you figured you would have by, by the time that you're, you know, 35, 45 years old. Well, the problem is that you're, we're, uh, we're, have gotten the wrong expectations. We're expecting that having a house and kids and a wife and doing all that hitting the American dream was going to fulfill us and make us happy. And no, that is the wrong expectation. Happiness doesn't come from what you have. Happiness is, yeah, money can help, help with the happiness, but it's not necessarily the happiness. It is, 
a sense of being able to get stuff done. That's why the pillar, the, the man's pillar of, of feeding your soul, the man's soul pillar is so important because that is what drives you. If you're feeding your soul, you're a lot, you feel a lot more alive. You feel a lot more alive. You have a lot more energy to want to be able to get a lot of what you're passionately wanting to do done. And yet we've, been told we are dreaming too big. We need to, to calm it down. We don't need to have such big and audacious goals. And so we've allowed ourselves to go down or we've been told many times that you can't do that. If you do, you're going to fail. You're going to fall on your face and nothing's going to work right and everything's going to go wrong. And yet we want to be happy. And if we are not being happy, if we're not working to be, to, to, fulfill that satisfaction, we have a lot of empty happiness. And so you get a lot of the things like the nice guy syndrome. You get a lot of the things where you're walking around and you're almost toxically positive, where you're trying to make sure everything has got a positive spin on it, where you're, you can't handle the negative. I've seen so many people who say that uh, they can't handle, they're not going to tolerate uh, any negative energy. Well, if you really think about that, that's probably one of the most negative things you're going to have in your life because your life is 50% negative and 50% positive. You're going to have the negative and the positive and to resist and avoid that negativity is going to cause so much in the way of problems in your life. And that's where a lot of our addictions come from is because we resist that type of, of emotion. We resist the, the sadness, the hurt, the, the, the pain, the anguish that it comes with even trying to do something new. We, uh, come up with ways of buffering against our, our negative emotions, or we just succumb to different urges to avoid that negative or that the negative feelings of trying something new, different. So yeah, we've got a lot of the different, a lot of different problems, but it's because we, those problems are created because of what we think is going to happen. Us guys are terrible at, at fortune telling, but yet we will tell ourselves all the worst things known to man. If we try something new, try something interesting, so try something, you know, that is takes us out of our comfort zone, trying, uh, learning to paint, you know, well, it looks crappy. Holy crow. Who, who would want something? Well, yeah, your first t- time you ever pick up a paintbrush, you're still trying to figure out how to do the, how to do the different brush strokes and how to represent whatever it is you're trying to, pl- uh, trying to paint. If you're learning to try to play the guitar or the banjo or some other instrument, the first few times, you know, it's going to sound horrible. First time you try to ride a bike, you were on your butt and on your side and you were off your bike more times than you were actually on the bike. But you have to keep trying and getting on and going again and going again. And that's one of the glorious things about kids is because they don't know the negative and they don't equate the negative to being bad. They just equate the negative as Ah, I'm, I'm going to get this. And yeah, they get mad and they scream and they stomp. And that I remember my son, Jaden, one time he was wanting to climb a tree and I was like, all right. And he wanted me to help him get up in the tree. I was like, no, no, dude, you're going to, you get up in the tree. And so he 
he would jump up and he'd grab on the branch and he would try to pull himself up and he'd try and try and he was doing all this and he'd fall off and fall off the branch and he'd get so mad and he would scream and holler and stomp his feet and it was just a big old show and he kept trying and it was like well you're almost got there you're, you're almost there keep trying again and he try again and try again and every time he'd fall off he would throw a fit and he would be hollering and screaming but he didn't give up he didn't equate the fact that he fell off the branch as being something bad he didn't he equated that he didn't get his goal his goal was to get up in the tree and he eventually figured out that if he jumps up and holds on to the tree and swings and puts his feet against the trunk he can kind of scramble up on top of that branch and once he got up there wow it was you know he beaming he was all sorts of happy he was up in the tree and then of course then you've got the next step that you got to figure out how do you get up to the next branch or are you high enough and you want to get down how do you get down from there these are things that we all face and as grown adults we start to look at all those different possibilities that uh that as kids we never thought of we were like all right we got up in the tree oh wait a minute how do we get down out of this tree? What do we, what do we do now? And we start trying, we, when we're adults, we go, all right, well, we're going to get up in the tree. Getting up the tree is no problem. Getting down is the issue. And we start thinking, well, if I hit, what happens if I just hang down and I drop? All right. Well, if I drop, I may land wrong. I'll break an ankle. You know, we start thinking of all the horrible things that may happen. And why do we keep telling ourselves these horrible, terrible stories that, 90% of the time are never going to happen. Well, we have this little monkey brain in our, in our head. Now, the monkey brain technically is called the amygdala. It is the emotion center of the brain. It is the panic center of your brain. When you go into fight, flight, or freeze, that's your amygdala who has wrenched controls from your prefrontal cortex and goes, we're in control now. And so we're, you have no, uh, control. And you're not going to be rational when the amygdala takes control. So we have to have the prefrontal cortex to be able to do the uh, any action that uh, the prefrontal cortex actually wants. And the the thing that happens though is so many times our prefrontal cortex essentially goes, "Yeah, you're right. We we want to be we, we can't let let them do whatever that is because that's." uncharted territory we don't know what's on the other side of that uh, uh of what might be success what happens if we make a million dollars and all of a sudden the irs comes at us and wants us to 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 give them all their money and or maybe we get to uh, do that and our wife decides you know what she likes this money she wants the money she wants a divorce and tries to take all the money you know and uh, and the reason why i bring that up is because i've seen you know that happen my wife had a, my wife, my mom, <laughs> not my wife, Janet didn't, it was my mom, uh, was when she was going through a divorce, she met a, a gentleman and he was actually going through a divorce too. And because of that, uh, while they were going through the divorce, the wife apparently was able to get a heck of a lot, a heck of a better, uh, deal than a better lawyer than what he was because he had worked his whole life doing restaurants and things like that to 
to get a ranch and he had a ranch and had all this land and, and a house and all that. And when it was time for the divorce to come along, she got everything and he was going to have to essentially start from square zero, square one again. The issue and that caused him to actually fall into a, a depression and he's not with us anymore because he, uh, he committed suicide because and a lot of people would say because of that, but I wouldn't say it's because of that. He saw it. I think he actually committed suicide because he saw that he had, he didn't think he had any place to go, but yet he's got all the skills of making, of doing restaurants and things like that, that he could have remade his, his fortune in half the time. If that, if he had, uh, if he had actually was thinking clearly, but he wasn't. And so there's events like that that happen in our lives that get us to really think, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if, what is all this about? Why do we want to do this? It's safer if we just sit on the couch and watch the football game, sit on our couch and play video games. It's easier just to sit on the couch and ha- drink a case of beer each night because it's, it's good. Now our brain works in, uh, works off of a reward system. And so our reward system is this little hit of a chemical called dopamine. Now there's other things that go involved. There's oxytocins and, and serotonin and all these other, you know, all these other types of positive chemicals and hormones and neurotransmitters and things like that that are active in our brain. But dopamine is kind of like the reward system. Uh, a lot of illegal drugs, cocaine, heroin, they really attach to those dopamine receptors. So it tricks our brain into thinking that we have got a crap ton of, of dopamine coming in. So whatever we're doing at that moment is really, really good. But if you know, if you're, if you've known anybody or seen anybody who's been hooked on something like heroin, it's not good. It, it, they're, they've tricked their brain into thinking they're doing something good when they are actually destroying who they are from the, uh, from the inside out. So their brain thinks that they need to stay doing that when in all reality, oh, that's when doing something that your brain thinks is good and, and you're listening to nothing but the monkey brain proves to be detrimental to who you are, to your health. That's the same thing with like, uh, crystal meth and, and, and cocaine and a lot of these other, these other illegal drugs. So when you are, um, when you are say overweight or something like that, we also get a nice little dopamine hit from whenever we eat something. When we're eating something that's high calories, our brain goes, Ooh, yeah, we, we can survive off of this. And so it wants to, it will, it receives the reward and the notification that, Hey, eating this pizza is is really good. It's keeping us alive. And that's all your brain honestly cares about. That's all that monkey brain cares about. It just wants to keep you alive. It doesn't know how to keep you alive. It just goes through and goes, Hey, that's a, that's something good. We got a good hit of, of good stuff off of that. Let's, let's, let's keep doing that. And when we start feeling bad, we will start doing stuff like, um, we'll start buffering. Now, buffering is when we are trying to avoid the negativity in our life. That is the, that is the 
say we look at ourselves in the mirror and we see the gut and we see that our butt's a lot bigger than what we want. So we're not as athletic looking as we, as we want. Uh, and you know, it just, we don't look at ourselves and we go, dude, you're, you're trash. You're just, you're, you've let yourself go. You're, you're, you're crap. You're look at that. You've got, you've got man boobs. You've got, you, you're, you jiggle for 10 seconds after you stop walking. It, it's terrible. Well, because you're telling yourself that and you start feeling bad, you want your brain will start trying to buffer. You'll actually start buffering yourself and from that negative emotion. And so what are you going to do? You want to lose weight, but you know, losing weight causes a lot of weird thoughts to come up and you have to start really facing the, uh, the thoughts that are not really pleasant as to why you're, why you're actually out of weight, uh, out of shape. And so as you're facing these, these different thoughts and things like that, and they're not pleasant to feel because you're not getting any dopamine hits off of them. As a matter of fact, you're kind of, you're beating yourself up a, a bit. So what are you going to, going to do? Well, let's, I, I just need something to, to take the edge off. And so you're going to go into the refrigerator and grab a slice of pizza or grab, run down to McDonald's and grab a, a Big Mac. Or you're going to go to Wendy's because Wendy's has bacon on everything. So Wendy's is definitely a good thing. And we end up eating. We go to the Chinese food restaurant and we go with, have four platefuls of, of, of General Sal's chicken with some pot stickers and, and a lot of rice, a bed of rice. And it's just, oh, it's just some of the best stuff in the world. And we walk out of there just stuffed to our gills and we we're, we're miserable. We're so full. It, it hurts and you're sluggish then a couple, a little bit, an hour or so afterwards because you burnt through all the, all the excess, uh, excess sugars and stuff that are in your body. And so we start getting sluggish and we're kind of, and we don't feel very good. So we punish, we're, we invariably punish ourselves because we're wanting to stop thinking about how fat we are. But because we overate, we're just uh, contributing to the problem because we want to buffer people smoking cigarettes. You know, you get angry and you get upset or you get stressed. What do you do when you, when you're stressed or, or angry about something? You go and you have a cigarette, you light up, you want to flood your brain with, with dopamine instead of just being present with the frustration, with the, with the negative emotion that is present in your, in your body at the, at that time. So you can look at life as an emotional bank account. Okay. You have your life being 50% positive, 50% negative. And when you're, when you're buffering, what you're actually doing is you're making a withdrawal from that bank account. And you're hoping that the positivity that you pull in there, all the good times that you've had are going to, well, okay, let me explain it a little better. You have an emotional bank account. Anytime you have some good positive emotions, you're making a deposit into that account. All right. You've got good feelings. You got good feelings, but you can also believe it or not. You can actually even put those possible negative feelings. If you want to call them negative, they are just emotions. All of them. It's not a positive or negative emotion. They're just emotions, but we take the negative emotions and you can actually deposit them in there also. And they add to your balance. But what we normally do is we don't want to put that those negative emotions in our bank account. 
we want to keep those away. We want to, we, we, for whatever reason, like I said, our monkey brain believes those negative emotions are bad. And so what do we do is we actually make a withdrawal out of our emotional bank account to balance out the negative. Now, the problem is, is that when you, with any time you take a, make a withdrawal from a bank and you don't put money back in, what happens? Eventually, you're going to drain those funds down to nothing. And then eventually, you're going to be overdrawn. <clears throat> and that causes a heck of a lot more pain than if you just kept a couple of dollars in the uh, in the account. So what happens is eventually, we get ourselves so overdrawn that we are overdrawing even more and more and more, trying to keep that negative emotion from being in our life. But yet, if we were to just be with that emotion experience that emotion, understand, look at it, come to come to realize that that negative emotion actually is just an emotion. It's not negative. It's not positive. That will actually can be put into the emotional bank. So as you get more emotions coming in, as you have another unpleasant uh, experience in your life and you are embarrassed or you're defeated and you can just be with that emotion for a bit, you can actually then take that emotion and deposit it into your emotional bank and it builds your balance up. But you have to be able to experience those emotions and you won't be able to expose, uh, experience those emotions if you're denying them, if you're buffering against them. That's why people over drink because it feels better to be drunk than it is to experience those thoughts and those emotions. That, that come with those, uh, with those thoughts. Now, something else that we often do is when, especially when it comes to doing something that new, uh, because our brain hates to do stuff new. It, learning something new means that you have to actually burn extra energy. And our brain in its, uh, in its weird, bizarre logic, <laughs> it wants to take the, take the, uh, Take the path of least resistance because if you're burning too much, too many calories thinking, but what happens if you can't uh, get enough food to replace? Well, we've already talked. You can, most of us can go a good two weeks uh, and, and not suffer ill from not eating. Yeah, it'd be really unpleasant. You'd be, have hunger pains and you might be a little lightheaded the first couple of days. But, you know, eventually your body kicks over to going, oh, well, we need to be sitting here eating fat and start consuming the fat that we deposited all over our body. So our brain looks at, um, looks at those, those possibilities of having to burn a whole lot of, of energy and goes, it goes through its catalog and, oh, oh, hey, here you go. Why don't, instead of learning guitar or instead of learning how to run a business or instead of doing this thing, which might mean becoming, a, uh, having an unpleasant experience, let's go, let's do this other thing instead. Uh, instead of talking to your wife, building a connection so y'all can have amazing, wonderful sex, you're like, well, I can go to go pull up you porn and, uh, you know, go watch some, some, some dirty movies on the internet and 
I get the same hit of, of joy, except it's not the same hit, is it? It's not the same hit of dopamine. It's dopamine just across the board. But you also are not getting the, the oxytocin and the, uh, and the serotonin that's mixed in there with when you actually have an intimate relationship with your wife. So you are getting the reward, but you're missing out. You're cutting, you're cutting your nose off to spite your face because you, it is easier to just spend time watching porn, flog the dolphin, get your rocks off and go on down the road. And then the next time you feel you're bored or something like that, it's okay. Let's, let's watch some more porn and you go back in and you de- that's where you develop the porn habit. Now people like to try to call it a porn addiction. No addiction. That's not an addiction because you can turn it off. It's just, it means you have to work other muscles to get the satisfaction that you're wanting, but to be able to get the satisfaction that you're wanting, you actually have to, you know, you have to do the, do some work and that work is scary because you know you might go to the wife and go hey you want to want to want to take your clothes off and uh, and have a good time and there's a really good chance that she's going to go no no I really don't care to get undressed I really don't need to have you on me and I don't you know there's a whole lot of things and just the word no is insanely scary to us and it's scary to everybody because we've been told no from the time we were little Everything no means it's denial of our pleasure. And darn it, that's just horrible, terrible, mean. Or at least that's what our monkey brain wants to tell us, is that it's terrible. It's a horrible thing, a horrible experience. And dad, gummit, that's not fair. But you have, to, if you start to build a relationship, if you start to actually stop being the nice guy and stop trying to take care of your wife, stop trying to uh, fix all the problems and let her experience her life her way, and y'all are living life together. She starts to being, starts being able to see you as the, the man that she saw you, saw in you back when you were, y'all were dating. And she does. If you start connect, connecting with her, talking to her, buying, you know, from time to time, buying her flowers just because she will actually start to get around to actually having some start to, to Allow those emotions, those feelings that she has for you to come back. And yeah, sex will improve and sex will become more frequent. But you have to do the hard work of accepting the rejections and being okay with the fact that, no, she's not in the mood today. All right. Well, okay. I just figured I'd ask. I'm going to go, you know, go play with some wood uh, in, in the shop. So why is buffering and, 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 having urges not making you happy. Well, that's the reason why none of that is actually making you happy is because that doesn't make happiness. Yeah. You get dopamine hits, but it's not a sense of fulfillment. You are actually being completely unfulfilled because you're that soul fill, uh, pillar in your life is still fairly weak. And if you were to actually start working towards something and start having a cause that you're applying your, your, your life to, you, yeah, you're going to fail. You're going to do all the horrible, scary stuff that your brain is screaming about. You know, 
don't don't do that. There might be a tiger in that in that business. Well, there could be a bit tiger in that business, and who knows? It might come along and it might bite you, and you may become bankrupt, and you lose the house, and you lose the car, and you lose everything to it. That is a possibility. There are risks involved, and that's one thing that a lot of people have a hard time with. It's like, dude, I don't want to face that type of uh, that that type of, of judgment from people if I fail. Well, honestly, people aren't going to care whether you fail or not. They've got their own life that they're living. You have to live you, and you have to strive, and you have to climb. And our life is full of peaks and valleys. And we are we work so hard to try to skirt the valley that we will go so far out of our way so that we don't have to go down down in the valley so that we can get to the peak that's on the other side. And people, you know, people don't want to go down in the valley, but yet when you go down the valley, there's a, the valleys are actually very pleasant. A lot of towns are built in valleys. A lot of good things are built in valleys. We are so scared of valleys because there's more shadows there and there's more trees and, and things like that. And, Instead of being up on top of the mountain, the valley is not such a scary place as we want to make it. Yeah, it means you have to climb twice as high, but at the same time, you have to do the climb anyhow. Because the, the, to use that metaphor of climbing the mountain, to be able to go from one rock to the next rock, that's a level of skill that you have to develop in yourself. That might be being able to withstand a rejection multiple times until you get somebody going, sure, yeah, I'll take your product. That might be you having to go and try multiple times to show, prove to your wife that you are not the nice guy anymore. You are a man before she goes, oh, cool. And her clothes fall off. It, it, there's a, you have to climb. That valley, that means the, those, that mountain and to climb that mountain to get to that peak, to get to the summit of the, of the greatness that you are wanting, you have to take those steps. You have to climb each rock. You may have to scale some major boulders in your life. You're going to have to do the work. You have to put that work in. This is one reason why one of the people succumb to the biggest scams of all the get rich quick schemes. Do this, and while you sleep, you're making money. No, dude, you're not. Multi-level marketing is one of the biggest scams out there. And why? Because they just they want you to think that all you have to do is you have to just buy some of our stuff and then sell it to some other people. And as you buy, you're just paying everybody else out, and everybody gets a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And then you get people underneath you. Well, it works. You It does work that way. But the thing that they don't sell to you is that this is a business. You have to treat multi-level marketing as it is a business. And people don't. They think, oh, I can do this on the weekends and on my spare time. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll make a lot of money off of it. That never is the case. And that's why they burn out. Because all of a sudden they realize, oh, I just spent $500 on product. And I've got to figure out how to move this. Oh, that's really tough. I don't don't like this. And they can... You could make a, a good living. I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of people there who do a good job of making a lot of money through like Amway and things like along those lines. But that is not always the case. 
And the reason why is because people don't want to have to do the work to be able to get themselves up to that high enough level to actually become successful at X, Y, and or Z. So to, to be able to find your happiness, to find that fulfillment that you're actually is what you're actually truly looking for to build up and to have that strong soul pillar, you've got to face the peaks and the valleys along with the peaks because the valleys are nice. They've got the beautiful towns down in there and then they've got the beautiful backdrop of the mountain. That's where you've got to go. Yeah. And it's not that mountain may look scary, but I can guarantee it's not Mount Doom. All right. So you don't have to worry about that. So how do you get the satisfaction and the accomplishments? Well, first off, accept that you're going to have to do the work. You have to do the work. Get rich quick doesn't work. And if you do happen to make a lot of money off of a get rich quick scheme, guess what? That stuff's going to disappear. That money's going to disappear really fast because People have become instant millionaires overnight through the lottery, and two year, three years later, they've they've blown through hundred million dollars and have nothing to show for it. So you have to do the work to get your mindset to uh, to the level that you can handle, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a month. That sounds really nice, but uh, to be able to make a hundred thousand dollars a month means you have hundred thousand dollar a month problems that you have to face. Yes, yes, there are those problems. A lot of people who are fat think that once they get get skinny, that there's no problems in the world. No, you have skinny people problems. Fat people have fat people problems. Skinny people have skinny people problems, and they are just as bad and just as scary as what the fat people are. You're going to have pain no matter where you are. Know that when you get to the summit, you've got to climb back down. You're not just able to just, all right, yeah, we're good. We're up here on top of a rock. Now I'm hungry. I'm getting kind of thirsty too. Um, Yeah, I don't have any water. You're going to have to go down again. You can't always stay up there. You're going to hit that peak and then you're going to go back down. Now you choose which side. You go to the next, uh, go down to the next value that's in front of you because there's a bigger mountain on the other side of that mountain. Every time you get up to the top, you look around, you're going to see, oh, there's a whole lot more mountain out here. That peak was just a level. And you've got a bigger level that's ahead of you. Life is like a lot like a video game in that instance. You're going to be doing stuff and it's going to challenge and challenge you and challenge you and challenge you and challenge you again. You have to do the hard work to be able to make to the, make it to that next level. So you have to do that work. And it also helps if you use fear as a compass. When you're going to do this, you, that your fear becomes a Geiger counter. When you get start pointing yourself towards what it is that you really need to work on in life. You're going to have a whole crap ton of fear coming up. Oh, no, you can't do that. Don't do that. Oh, my God. Oh, we're going to die. Well, go where it's screaming at you the loudest. When you get over there and you think, oh, yeah, okay, let's, this is going to be horrible. This is going to be uncomfortable. You're probably right because especially when you're learning something, anything you do is going to take effort. Your brain is screaming that it's, it's using too much energy. It needs to, it needs to go throw everything back onto the hippocampus where you just veg out and be a habit. 
No, you want to make sure that you are working that brain, making it work, making it think, let it burn up those calories, burn up that energy because it's really inefficient on thinking. It's incredibly efficient on habits, but it's, it just is inefficient as all get out when it comes to thinking. It burns a lot more energy when it has to do something new and it has to start rewiring neurons to, to, to accommodate the new skills. And as you go through and as you hit these different points of learning, some people call that failure, but it's actually just a point of learning. It's an instance of learning. As you hit those and you look at that as, no, I didn't fail. I didn't bomb out. I didn't do anything wrong uh, or I did a lot of stuff wrong. So I got, I, I learned something from that failure. You're doing Thomas Edison of finding, you know, 10,000 ways to not make a light bulb. You have to take that step. You have to take those, make those, those points of, of learning to heart and then keep going. Don't just sit there and dwell in the mess of the, of the fallen, the fallen, uh, deck of cards or house of cards. You're, you can just let it fall and go, all right. Well, we now know we need to use a little stronger glue this time and start again. And start building and keep going and build up more. The more you do that, the more you are willing to work at that, the better your results become. Because you will build a skill and that skill gets you to another level. And that little sub-level gets you to another sub-level, another sub-level, and another sub-level. And more and more and more and more. And before you know it, you're looking behind you. Your friends who are just too busy sitting on the couch getting high and drunk at the same time playing video games are still sitting on the couch. And you are miles away. And you couldn't be happier. You're feeling fulfilled. Your wife is sitting there holding on to your arm and she's looking at you like, dude, you rock. Your kids are looking at you and they're going, eh, yeah, yeah, dad, you're old. Get out of here. But that's fine. And when you do have a win, celebrate that win because that celebration throws some dopamine at your brain and goes, dude, that was amazing. Look at that. We're awesome. Check it out. We're doing all amazing. And it allows your brain to go, yeah. Slug myself on the shoulder. I did pretty darn good there, didn't I? And when you're celebrating, let your band of brothers in. Keep a band of brothers because they're the ones who are helping you get up to that level. Also, they're the ones who are going to be cheering you on. They're the ones who are going to help troubleshoot when you ha- run into a problem. You've got to have that band of brothers. You've got to have that pillar of community with you. But when you do something awesome and you make that $100,000 uh, a month goal, you go in to, we all meet each other the next time you're going, dude, I just made a hundred thousand dollars this month. This is awesome. And let the guys all whoop it up and celebrate and enjoy and, and high five each other and smack you on the butt and all this other great stuff that's, uh, that it is about being a guy because you have to celebrate and let your brain in, know that it did good and it did wonderful. And yeah, that, that reward at the end was so much more worth the trouble and the pain and the anguish that you went through to get to that point. So celebrate with your friends, celebrate with your family, make sure you celebrate every win you have. Also to get the satisfaction and the sense of accomplishment that you're craving. Notice when you're avoiding and succumbing to urges and when you do, Set it off to the side. 
Listen to what your mind is saying because your mind's going to be screaming all sorts of stuff. But just acknowledge that monkey brain going, throwing the throwing a tissy fit, and acknowledge it and go, okay. But I'm going to do this anyhow. I don't want to have this cigarette anymore. I don't want this drink anymore. I don't need that three o'clock in the morning slice of pizza. I don't need that right now. I want to do this, and we're going to do this instead. You can have your your prefrontal cortex take control, and it will take control, and it will hold on to the controls as long as you just acknowledge that the amygdala has a point to, that it's trying to make. Acknowledge the point, and then carry on. Just tell it act like it's a parrot on your shoulder, just squawking and making noises. And you look over to it and go, all right, I hear you. You want a cracker, but you ain't getting a cracker right now. Build a bridge, get over it, deal with it, and carry on. Don't resist those urges. You have to acknowledge that they're there. And trying to resist, oh, I want to play the video and play the video. No, I've got to get this done. The more you fight and the more you resist those urges, the more suffering you're actually going to create in yourself. Be with that urge. Just allow it to be. Now, it sounds really strange. It's like, well, isn't that, isn't that resisting? Resisting, no, is honestly, the you hear people talk about when quitting smoking. You just got to white knuckle it and, and go through and, and fight it. No, that is you fighting fighting against your the monkey brain. When you acknowledge to the monkey brain, I hear what you're saying, but we're not doing that. It's still going to throw a fit. But it's going to, but it's not going to have control. When you're resisting, that is the monkey brain has some of the control and your, uh, your prefrontal cortex has some of the control and y'all are fighting over who's going to have the control and it doesn't work and it causes suffering and you're like sweating it out and you're grumpy and you're crabby and griping at the kids because there's, they're blinking too damn loud. Allow the urges. Don't succumb to the urges and don't resist the urges. That is a trick and a skill you have to develop in yourself. And it's not pleasant. It's not fun. I'm going through that myself right now. When you have, when you are buffering again, acknowledge that you're buffering and and stop, stop it. Allow whatever it is you're trying to hide from. And that again can feel like resisting because you don't want to resist buffering. You just, you want to acknowledge it. And then get yourself centered onto why you are wanting to buffer. You have to really start paying attention to what your thoughts are. What thoughts are making you have the uh, unpleasant emotion that you're, that you're experiencing right now? Why is that there? Focus in on it and examine it. Take it out. Look at it. Look, turn it around, turn it over and look around on it and see why it's actually causing the problems that it's causing. Because an emotion is just an emotion. It's just a vibration that's felt in your body. Any emotion, no emotion is going to hurt you. And so to be able to come to fully understand what that vibration is and why that vibration is happening, it makes it easier for you to look at, process it, and then carry on. So don't succumb to the urges. Just get the work done. You know what you want to do. Uh, look at what's uh, what you're avoiding and, and focus on that avoidance. And take the steps because every step you make is a step closer to what your goals are. If you need help with this, 
man, I've got a couple different ways you can help. Uh, I can help you. We, I've got some one-on-one coaching that you can actually do. Or if you want, uh, there's also the Brotherhood of Men. I've got links to both of those on in the show notes. You can go to go look at those uh, at any time, and you will be able to um, be able to to sign up. And I I can help you in in a couple different ways. We can get you to where you're focused in on what the problem is. Get that problem processed and and out of the way, and give help build the skills you need to be able to get to the level that you want. So guys, with that, I want to thank you. If you found anything in this fairly, this is a long one. I really talked today. <laughs> so anyhow, if you found anything on the, uh, in this episode, powerful, helpful, um, insightful, anything along those lines, share this episode out, share it with your friends, share it with that buddy of yours. That's been really struggling with something. And you know, he's, he's, he, this would help him share it to him. Send it as most of our, podcast platforms these days have a share button click that share button send it to him via text let him listen to that maybe he'll listen maybe he won't hopefully he does share it on your facebook group uh facebook page share it on your facebook groups share it on twitter and instagram and every place else if you do share it hey don't forget to go ahead and tag at relaxed mail and let us let me know that you've let you've shared it man i love to know that we're being shared because we're growing we're we're getting our 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 listenership is growing and i'm not exactly sure where it's getting uh where it's growing the most at but i've got several different uh several different ideas and i'd like to be able to see who it is that's actually really helping helping this movement grow and with that i know that you can you would uh do a lot to be able to share this without with your your friends your families those who are struggling and share it with your followers so guys with that i want to thank y'all y'all take care love you lots and we will see you next week till then bye